Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free Monday edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And we're not just here on Mondays. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday as well. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report for a Monday. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Nothing I can do about it. But we're here to make it a little bit easier, hopefully. I'm your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman. Across the Batcave floor from me is your vice host, Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. It is the 10th of September, and it's a Monday, and it's the first uh, Monday after a giant full weekend of NFL football. Mm. And everybody except Donald Trump was happy about that. <laughs> so, uh, good times. Eddie Pence, your team won. We Congratulations. Won. Big win. Big win. A big win? Big win. It was one win. It's a huge win. It's one win. So it's Jake just, Gruden hasn't won a season opener in the four years game. he's been there. It's, it's not huge. a big win to win one game. But did, weren't you tweeting that the Eagles are the only undefeated team? Well, we were. Yeah, okay. That was the truth. You made it a big deal. That was the truth. I'm we were the only deal. undefeated now team. It, but everyone has played a game, it's so a it's deal. not a big game. I've been 0-1 the last four years. It's a big deal. Oh, huge. My God. Huge. So this deal. is it. So now you're on your way to the I'm Super Bowl because you won an opener? I'm done. Uh, it is a big week, however, for those of us here at the Ralph Report, because this Saturday, the 15th of September, is our very first live The Ralph Report. They're done in front of an audience. It's going to be pretty exciting. It's it be is super fun. The improv on Melrose in Hollywood. Uh, sadly, it's all sold out. However, we did hold back a couple tickets. We have a few. And so we want to give them away this week as we lead up to the excitement that is the first live The Ralph Report. And here's what we're going to do. I've been thinking about how to give these tickets away. Because it's not like a, you know, like a live radio show where you can call in now. And I want to try to make it fair for everybody, no matter when you download and listen to the show, whether you're listening on the way into work or school, or you're listening on your way home, or you're in Australia and you get in the middle of the night. I don't know how it works. <laughs> but I do want to give everyone a fair shot. So here's what we're going to do. For all this week... I'm inviting you to do something creative connected to the Ralph Report. I'm going to leave it open. You can do anything you want. You can do a song parody. You can write a fucking haiku. You can make a little video. You can do an animation. You can draw a picture. You can do anything you want. But our audience is so creative. And the stuff you guys come up with is so much fun. That I thought if you're in Southern California this weekend, or you're going to be, and you'd like to attend the show, and you didn't get a chance to buy tickets before they sold out, do something creative and send it on in to Ralph at the Ralph report.com. And uh, I'll pick my favorites. And once a day, I will award a pair of tickets to somebody who did something cool. But then also what we'll do is we'll post that little piece of creativity up at patreon.com. And you can see uh, what your fellow members of the Garmy are putting together. It doesn't have to be a lot. It doesn't have to be crazy. Don't put too much work into it. Don't knock yourselves out. But have some fun with it. It'll be interesting. That's see. what I think. Yeah. And I want to leave it open so it can be anything you want. It could be a sketch or it could be a little video piece or a piece of flash animation. Whatever you want to do. Just do something creative that has something to do with the Ralph Report. Nothing specific. No rules or regulations. Do something. And if it, if it tickles my fancy, I'll throw it up there at the uh, Ralph Report page at patreon.com. Put it on the website, too. And we'll all get a chance to see your work. 
and I'll throw you a couple tickets for the live show. Is that not a good idea? That's a great idea. I think so. It's an amazing idea. Something, uh, something everybody wins. But if someone does something regard, regarding the Eagles, is that going to bump them ahead of the pack? I who knows? <laughs> like, it's all. It's I'm all. Just saying, anything know, is possible. I don't know what your prejudices. Are. All things are possible with the Ralph Report. So that's what I wanted to do. Uh, speaking of cool stuff that people do, the Garmy does for our show. Uh, we've said it many times here, but it is not possible without you. You guys are so amazing with the stuff that you contribute and your, your phone calls when you leave a message at the hotline and when you're right in at Ralph at the RalphReport.com. ton of stuff over the weekend came in, and I want to get to some of it because some of it's funny, some of it's thoughtful, some of it is certainly relevant, uh, some of it addresses Friday shows. So we want to talk about that stuff immediately. But I want to get this one out of the way first because we did talk about uh, our vice host, Eddie Pence's, Washington Redskins winning this weekend. <laughs> big win. It was not a big win. It was just a, win. just a fine, Huge just win. a normal win. Huge win. It's just a regular win. <laughs> and I got this very heated, serious phone call. This message was left on the Ralph Report hotline, which is 1-833-HI-RALPH, in case you want to leave a message any time of the day or night, seven days a week. This came in, and we've never talked about this. Eddie and I have never talked about this. I thought we'd have a little conversation because... This man, although he seems a little overly angry about it, I think brings up a point. Okay. Don't mention the fucking Redskins on your show again. It's a slur. The word is a fucking slur against Native Americans. The team is a fucking disgrace. Change your damn mascot to the Washington Flumbops or the Washington Tibbles. I don't give a fuck. I'm not trying to hear a racial slur on my morning commute. Don't fucking bring it up again. All right. Wow. He's seriously really upset. Jeez. And I'm not saying he doesn't have a point. No. Uh, I, I, however, well, let's talk about, first of all, the point he brings up, which is redskin is considered by many Native Americans to be a racial slur. Should the team in Washington continue to call themselves by that name? I have always been of the thought... If they change it, I'll cheer for whatever they change it to. I don't. They don't have to be the Redskins for me to cheer for them. Right. It's my hometown team. I grew up with them. Whatever they change to, that's what I would cheer for. Right. Um, at the same time, I honestly, as a child, I did not ever put that together as a racial slur until it was brought to the like public attention maybe 20, 25 years ago is when, like, when a lot of the stuff started coming out about it. After, I think, the 91 Super Bowl, a lot of people started talking about it and at that time I just it never clicked in my head like red skins as red skins I just as a child it was just the red skins I just mm-hmm. didn't even think of it as mm-hmm. a racial slur and I, I see where people have that point and I've seen I've met Native Americans who don't have a problem with it who actually have tattoos of that mascot on their arm right I've been I wore a hat and I was doing shows in Alaska one time and there's a lot of Native Americans in Alaska mm-hmm. and I was walking around with a redskin hat on a guy came up to me he's like he pointed at my hat he didn't even speak uh English he spoke whatever his native <laughs> Whatever their native was, mm-hmm. and he just pulled up his sleeve, and he had the he had the redskin logo on his arm. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm. I've met both sides of it, right. um, so I don't know who. Have has. you met anyone that has a problem with it? I've met a couple, I've met I've met more non Native Americans that have a problem with it than actual Native Americans. Well, you know more. Uh, true, that's you true. Know too. More white people that, that, than that's you true do Native too. Americans. But I've done shows in Arizona and Nevada where there's a lot of Native Americans, right. and I wear that stuff and. Nine times out of ten, if there's a Native American there, they come up and they go, "Hey, hell of Redskins!" Like right. I, but I'm not. I can't speak for everybody. So. Let me play devil's advocate, though. Let's say it's only I don't know forty percent of Native Americans who have a problem yeah. with it. I mean, what's the magic number that says, "Okay, enough uh, uh, Indigenous people who this this is uh, directly applies to them"? Yeah. 
what percentage does it have to bug for for them to change the name of a football team? Which really doesn't. The name of a football team at the end of the day is just. It's a source of entertainment, and is, yeah. it, is it worth offending anyone over the name of a football team? No, like if they I change ask. the name of the Washington Warriors or whatever it was, I would still cheer just as hard. Like I don't, they don't have to be Redskins for me to like. See, them. that's how I feel. I don't think it really matters what the name is, and if there's if there are people out there who are offended by that, it seems like well, then you would just fix that. Then you know, yep, I, know. I understand there's tradition, blah blah blah, and there's merchandise and things like that. But how the I don't see how really that. Is a, is relevant if there's actual people who are whose yeah. lives are being negatively affected. I mean, they have polls all the time. And you know, you can. I mean, they have a different poll that tells you a different thing every time. You don't know what the ma- what the major consensus is, right? But, but again, like if I'm it saying, offends I don't know ten if, people. I don't know if the, you know what the number is where all of a sudden then you yeah. have to start caring about uh, racial slurs. No, I, I, I tend I to agree. think if there is someone who can, and it was Redskin was what. Settlers and and people in the old west used to call is in a form of derision to the Native yeah. Americans that they were doing. Redskin was a slam. You could, I don't think the mascot, the logo itself, is a racist logo. It's actually drawn by a Native American. I don't think that. Like it's not like Chief Wahoo with the Indians. That's a caricature, right. of a Native American. Yes, I could see where that can be racist. But the actual logo from the Redskins. It's, However, the it, name Indian. Isn't as racist as Redskins. No, it's not. It's not. It's, which, is, which is another whole other argument. When we thought we landed in Indian, oh, these must be the Indians. Right. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't know. Like, I would be fine with them going to the Washington Warriors. I don't think the logo is racist at all. I actually don't. I don't think, I don't see how you could. It's just the picture of a Native American. It's just a profile. It's a not a caricature American. of a Native American. It's right. a profile. It's the same as the Blackhawks or the Seminoles. Yes. And the Seminoles have the blessing from the Seminole tribe right. in Florida State. And again, because that's the actual name of a tribe, yeah. which I think and is... And the Blackhawks as well. ...is acceptable on a certain level. However, when you start calling them Redskins, no, I think I that's when people I mean, have there's a there's a muddled history of it, like where the, the old owner was, was the Boston Redskins because he wanted it to sound like the Red Sox because he wanted to keep the two the same. I mean, there was... And he was also, I think, a racist. George Preston Marshall well, was, a res, was a racist. Um, also, the first football team in America to have a black Super Bowl quarter winning quarterback I mean right. there was it's but not they're a, not called the Washington Blacks I know but it's not <laughs> so that, that's not really relevant just because I, I cheer think. for that team doesn't mean I'm a racist I don't think anyone's yeah. calling you a racist I know but, I'm saying, but I don't think anyone I think the question is should right. the name be changed because it is offensive to some people I don't think anyone believes that no. if you're a fan of the Washington Redskins well, that been, you're inherently racist I, because I, of I that get fact. a lot of people Give me jokes all I the think, time. Well, it's jokes, but, but I, know. I don't think there's any real connection no. between liking a football team and racism. There's a lot no. of racists who like teams that have no yeah. that are perfectly acceptable yeah, names. Yeah. It's not that's not what anybody's saying. But I, it is should the organization say, okay, we we at this day and age, if we're offending people with this name, it's really not that important. No, I, we can we can reinvent ourselves and sell a whole bunch of new merchandise no. when we call ourselves the Washington. Warriors, whatever, whatever. No, they're not the cocksuckers. I think they should no, no, be the, no, cocksuckers. the cocksuckers. But the anyway, I'm the the owner Daniel Snyder was a he was a childhood fan of the team, so he's always it's not just some business guy who got rich and bought a team. He's I understand always, that. So that's why he's clinging to that name, right? Um, and he's never going to change it. If we got a new owner, I think things would change. Yeah. But he but is because that I liked it when I was a kid. Also, comes off as a weak defense. I to agree. Me. I liked it as a kid. As I got older, I'm like, okay, that maybe that does offend it's a great people. Many things I liked then as a kid that I don't do <laughs> so anymore. Me too, Daniel Snyder. Me too. But yeah. I, with that saying, like, yeah, if they change the name, I will cheer for him. But I'm not going to not cheer for my team because it has that name. I'm right. not that. I'm just. It means more to me than that name. And I just secondarily, the guy who called in did not leave his name. Um, I, I I can appreciate your ire, sir, 
But, you know, that is the name of the team, and that is Eddie Pence's team. And, <laughs> and so we're, when we talk about football, we're going to talk about the Washington Redskins. I usually call them the Skins anyway, not even the Redskins. I just call them the Skins for sure. I call them anyway. the Foreskins. So that's a whole different thing, a conversation that we could have. Cocksucker and Foreskins, you really... Uh... But, because well, I hate them. I have to hate them because they're in my division. Well, I hate the Eagles. But um, when we're talking football season long, that that will come up. Now I will to 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 acquiesce to your obvious sensitivity. I don't know whether the guy who called is a Native American or not. Uh, we'll try to avoid it. We'll call them Washington as as much as yeah. we can uh, remember to. But if it slips out, yeah, I I I think maybe you're you're a little angry at us that your drive in the morning is being tainted <laughs> by that word. It's not. We're not using it as a slur. We're not using it as a racial epithet. We're just talking about football. So ex- you'll have to forgive us if once in a while we, we screw it I'll up. I'll try to call them the skins, if that's okay. We'll call them the Washington team. The Washington football team. All right. I just thought that was interesting because uh, I've heard that before, and I've never had that conversation with no, you, and I, I wonder what you take The way things are going, I think it is probably time to make that change, but you know, I don't own the team, so I have no right. say in that. yes. And you're you're also a racist. Let's not. I'm I'm a diehard racist. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Then we got this phone call about my hometown, and it it gave me a great idea. Hey, Ralph. Um, I know you're from Philly, and you're always talking about Philly. And I'm planning to visit there around February. And my question to you is, where where should I go? Places where I can go eat or see these um, areas that you recommend to go? Because you always talk about your hometown, but you never really specify places uh, to explore around that area. So, yeah, um, I love you. I mean it. Bye. All right. I love you, too. Um, here's the thing. I don't publicly talk about Philly that much in, in terms of specifics, but it is one of the most asked questions I get either on Twitter or via email or sometimes, as uh, this listener just did on the on the hotline, People who are, especially if they're going to travel there, they always reach out and say, hey, can you give me some tips? And I think it's about time. And this is a great avenue to do it. And I've never done this, but thanks so much for the idea. What I'll do is I will do a a short little video tutorial on what to do when you're a tourist in Philadelphia. And then we'll make it a video bonus for the Ralph Report. And it'll be there. If anybody wants to access it, it'll be there. But I won't be boring everyone who listens to the show by talking about uh, the ins and outs of where to go in Philadelphia. Check out the Liberty Bell. That's well, obviously. There's a lot of historic stuff that I'll touch the on. But there's, great. there's some cool stuff there uh, that's uh, hidden beneath the surface as well. I can, I can send you to some cool places and uh, you'll have a good time. However... Why are you going in February is my question. That's got to be a work-related trip Ugh. or something because it's cold as balls there in February. Especially in a city, man. Oof. That wind will cut right through you. It's not uh, the best time to visit Philadelphia. And the summer is particularly sweltering yeah. you and humid go, as well. Uh, March or October. Fall. Fall <laughs> is the is the time in, in Pennsylvania in general. But uh, So I will. I'll put that together for you before February, I promise. I'll do either an, an audio or video on the site here, and uh, we'll do a little uh, Philly tourism thing. So that worked out. Speaking of Philadelphia, we were on uh, a Friday's show when I was talking about my favorite beer in the world, and we talked about uh, Stella Artois, and my favorite domestic being Yingling beer, and I complained that I couldn't drink Yingling out here because you can't get it west of the Mississippi. Well, boy, did I misspeak, oh. and I heard for some is people. Ralph is wrong? I think so. Oh. Ralph, Andy. Over here in the Quad Cities, straddling the mighty Mississippi between Iowa and Illinois. 
Yingling beer west of the Rockies. You can't get Yingling beer west of Ohio. Anytime someone's out east, I have them bring me back some Yingling. And as for junk mail, I own a pizza restaurant, and the best results we still get when we send out coupons, the old-fashioned coupons in the mail. All the Facebook, all the social media, everything else. It works, but it's not as tangible as when those coupons go out, hit the mailbox, and people start calling and ordering pies. Thanks, Ralph. I love you. I mean it. Thank you, Andy. You may be my favorite new listener. <laughs> Straddle so. in the river here in the Quad Cities. Uh. Um, and I did not know it did not extend past Ohio. I did not know it was that localized. I knew I couldn't get it out here in California, so I assumed it was a Rockies yeah. thing because that's what Coors used to be like. Yeah. Coors used to be, when I was lived back east, you couldn't drink Coors east of the Rockies. You could only get it west. So I assumed that was the dividing line. I did not know it was even more localized there in the Drop east coast. Coupon knowledge, too. And yes, and we did talk about junk mail. Yeah. I, I vented my spleen about the fact <laughs> that junk mail still clogging up my mailbox uh, at this in this day and age when really marketing is done in such a digital way. I didn't think we needed paper Still coupons Still works anymore. for the small businessman. But apparently when you've got a pizzeria and you're straddling the, uh, the great <laughs> Mississippi River yeah. or Missouri River, wherever he's straddling <laughs> oh, the guys. Quad Cities... He's awesome. Um, that's still the way to go. So I guess that's why they do it. Uh, we were talking about mail on Friday. We talked about how it would suck to carry so much mail in one of those satchels around, especially in the summertime. And we talked about, as we mentioned, junk mail. And we heard from a couple mail callers. Um, mail callers? <laughs> Hello, mail callers. Mail, mail callers. Mail carriers <laughs> who were callers, uh, including this one. Hi, Ralph and Eddie. Uh, this is Jorge, a mail carrier from Southern California. Just wanted to tell you, carrying mail fucking blows <laughs> in the hot, hot summer. And if you want to be removed from the list of getting that piece of shit ad, there is a number on the side where you can call and uh, discontinue your service. Just an FYI. Love you guys. I mean it. Bye. How about that? That there is actually information on the adverts, if you read them carefully, to get rid of it. where you can opt out oh. and they will no longer uh, fill your mailbox. Less for that guy to carry. Right. And be angry about So rather than me just yelling at the world, I should have done a little research. And apparently you can opt out of the junk yeah. mail that you get that uh, cleans, uh, clogs up your, your mailbox. Do it. Lighten his load, man. Right. So I'm going to get on that. Thank you so much, Jorge, for the tip. That was awesome. Uh, besides all the great voicemails we get on the Ralph Report Hotline. We also get tons of emails as well. Love to clean out the email box over the weekend. Here's some that I found. It's time to take a look at the letters. Listen, do da do. Ralph is going to read some emails. Do da do. Emails. I haven't played that one. In a while. That was nice. That I didn't know good. we had that. Yeah, I got it. Had it tucked away, and I was like, I should do that That's next time nice I uh, like read it. some emails. Uh, first of all, in general, to everyone who I respond to at Ralph at the Ralph Report.com, more and more lately, I have been signing off uh, LMB and then my name. And it, it dawned on me, maybe not everyone understands what LMB means. Robert Ware sent in this email after we had a short exchange where he was a little pissed off at me, where he said, really, LMB, lick my balls, question <laughs> mark? <laughs> Apparently, that may or may not, I don't know, be a thing uh, texting 
maybe a texting thing where you're un- un- unhappy with someone in social media, you may use the phrase LMB, which equates lick my balls. He says he Googled LMB, not knowing how I was signing things off, and that's what came up. Uh, Robert, that was not my intention. My LMB uh, stands for love you, mean it, bye, which of course is my sign up oh. at the end of each and every episode. So if, if you see an email from me and at the bottom it says LMB, exclamation point, and then my initials, that's just my sign off. It's not me telling you at all to lick my balls. But if I sign off on my email, LMB, that's exactly that's what Absolutely it lick my balls. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Eddie Pence, if you can write him as well. Thanks for reaching out to me, everybody who has. I Eddie appreciate it. Eddie at uh, This one came for Eddie, but it was uh, sent to my email address. It came from Sanjeet Singh. He says, can we please make Eddie eat this? Please. <laughs> and then he uh, topped it off with... Eddie! Uh, he wrote that out. Many, many exclamation points. <laughs> Uh, he sent me an article about the latest craze in pizza. I don't know if you saw this no. one. Now, we've been talking about cheese pizza. We know Eddie will eat that. I love cheese pizza. But will he eat this kind of cheese pizza? It's an art- article from Time Magazine. It says, forget pineapple. This is the latest top polarizing pizza topping. And so Sanjeet was wondering if Eddie would eat this. It is a pizzeria in New York, which interestingly enough serves Detroit-style pizza. <laughs> it's called Lions and Tigers and Squares. See what they did there? I did see that. Lions and tigers and bears. And that's, lions and tigers are both Detroit teams. That's funny. Uh, so they sell, they sell those pizza squares, Detroit style. And instead of using tomato sauce on their pizza, mm-hmm. they, it's a cheese pizza. Okay. But it is, they have mustard. Yellow mustard instead of tomato sauce. So it's just bread, for mustard, their pizza. and cheese. So it's basically like a cheese sandwich, only it's open-faced and it is pizza style. Which says that's something Eddie Pence would eat. I mean, I like all three of those things. When you do, you ever make a cheese sandwich? Well, you probably don't because you don't like cheese. No, right? the, the funny thing was when I was a child, the only sandwich I would eat would be a cheese sandwich. We are learning more about your vast <laughs> something. You were, were you were you abducted by aliens at some point it's during the, your childhood, and how you flipped? You don't eat salami anymore. You don't eat cheese anymore. The only sandwich I would eat as a child in my lunch at school it was my mom would make it with two pieces of white bread, right, a slice of American cheese, right? and ketchup. Oh, ketchup. That was the sandwich I would eat. Well, you don't put ketchup on a cheese sandwich. I understand sandwich. that now. It's not good, but I, for some reason, that's the sandwich I would eat as a child. Would you put, would you eat, do you eat cheese sandwiches now? No. You don't? No. Is it because you don't like cheese I'm not anymore? a big fan of cheese as okay. much as I used to be. So this pizza, but you eat cheese pizza. I eat cheese pizza. I guess it depends on the cheese, but just cheese and bread, no. But what if it's a cheese pizza, exactly like the cheese pizza that you eat, but instead of tomato sauce, the sauce was mustard? I mean, I, I, could, I would try it. I don't know if I would love it, but I would try I mean, I like those things. You would try it. I would try it. All right. Well, would, do, you, do you know if you would like it? I think I would like it, because I like mustard and cheese anyway. When yeah. you get like a cheese plate, if you're at a fine restaurant and they bring you a selection of cheeses, yeah. often they'll have several different kinds of mustards on that same oh, plate that you're supposed to dip the cheese into the that. mustard. That's a that's like like a gourmet taste combination. I didn't know cheese, cheese and, and mustard, mustard were a thing. Together. They go together. Okay. Yeah. Well, I would. I, maybe I, I probably would like it. I so guess. I think I would eat that pizza. But no. say yes. I'll say yes. What? There we go. Say yes. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. No. No. Oh, no. no. Oh, sorry. Hit the Come wrong on. button. Here we go. Say yes. There we go. <laughs> we're here every day stretching Eddie's comfort zone. We're gonna make a man out of him yet. I'll be human one day. And uh, this email came, this last email came from Phil Fetto, member of the Garmy Phil Fetto. I Great call name. him Phil fucking Fetto, Phil by the way. Phil fucking Fetto. 
He said uh, about our merch. Our merch store is open. If you go to theralphreport.com and click on merchandise, you can see our available designs. Click on the design you like and then scroll down. You can see all the different kinds of merch we offer with those designs. A lot of people are getting the uh, Garmin and Pence. It's uh, <laughs> a great shirt. Uh, campaign logo. poster logo. That's so funny. With my balls dangling through Eddie's pee hole there. <laughs> That's the hole in the pee, by the way, in the middle of the pee, just to be, uh, not just the to be clear. Hole. Um, he said, you seem to have every kind of tchotchke. He said, I would like to get a barbecue apron, however, with will Eddie eat it written on it. Can we do that? All right, we'll get the work on That's that for funny. you. He also had a question for where does it come from? It's, this is a, a smash hit new segment, by the way. Since we started doing this, everybody has been well, sending in a little cultural literacy. You know? meaning in, the meanings of these idioms, these sayings that we've been saying our whole lives without really knowing where they came from. Uh, this came from Phil fucking Fetto. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Saying so. Where did it come from? Today's where did it come from is the phrase "knock on wood." Yeah. Why, why do people knock on it's, wood for good it's, luck? It's a superstition thing, right? It's it is a superstition of, yeah. thing, but it's become an idiom too. People say, "Well, you know, I've won every race so far." Knock on wood. They'll right. just say it out loud instead of doing it. Or sometimes they knock on their head, like yeah, because that's funny because their head is made of wood. See, it's sort of <laughs> self-deprecating humor. That's your Pinocchio. No, uh, knock on wood has it's become an idiom for sure. There's the hell. There's a yeah. damn song written about it. I better knock on wood. Now, there's some controversy about this one. There's two different camps. Some people believe one of the camps. where the touching on wood comes from. Uh, as, as in most of these sayings, it does not originate here in the United States because we're still basically a very young country. Yeah. We get this one from England, like we get most, uh, many of our customs. In, in England, however, they say touch wood. They don't say knock on hmm. wood. They say they touch wood. So I say I've, I've won every race so far that I've been gambling on touch wood. That's how they say it. <laughs> Steve Ash is going to give me shit. So for creepy that, one. that way. Um, so they say touch wood. We say knock on wood. What have you heard, Eddie? Where do you think it comes from? I heard from? it was uh, when you say something and you don't, you want it to turn out well, you knock on the wall, which is knock on wood, to chase away the evil spirit spirits that could sabotage that. Hmm. Interesting. A little convoluted, but I think uh, we're in the of? same area. Okay. Uh, what do you, you have it a little bit backwards, however. Oh, this it? comes from the ancient Celts. Okay, I think it was something with spirits or something. And the, the, the spirits for good luck live inside the trees. Oh, you wake them up. So what you're doing is you're waking okay. the good luck spirits up by knocking on the trees, letting them know that you're there. Gotcha. And then they, they, they wake up, okay. and then they come out of their trees, and then they just start rubbing all over. <laughs> they just <I> <laughs> they go down grind your pants, all over hot, whatever you want. It's hot. They give you a handy. good luck jizz on it. <laughs> now, why do you have to go you there? You went there. I just I, took I it was, a step farther. I was just saying handy. I didn't go to completion. <laughs> so then uh, you get the good luck from the from the uh, the sprites and the good luck spirits inside the trees. So okay. It's an ancient Celtic custom. Now, uh, that same sort of thing says some people think it applies to the cross. Jesus is oh, crossed. Really? Never that, heard that. Uh, that you, uh, you, you, you're, you're symbolically touching the wood of the cross, asking Jesus for help. Okay, because he's just waiting around to give you <laughs> fucking good luck. I think he he's not that. a rabbit's foot, people. If you go touch the cross, you might want to help him off. Then touching the actual cross, well, of course. Saying. And then there's another camp that says it comes from an 18th century children's game called Tiggy Touchwood. <laughs> which was my porn name, oddly enough, when I did male porn back in the 80s. I also was known as Tiggy Touchwood. Tiggy Touchwood. Uh, the game was, 
it was a game of tag, basically. Mm-hmm. But instead of uh, having one home base where you were safe, yeah. if you're running around the neighborhood, if you could touch anything made of wood, you're safe. You're safe. You okay. could not be tagged out. So they're saying that game was played by so many children in the 19th century, and it became accustomed to them. Everything was made of wood or rock back then. It was <laughs> a pretty easy true. game to play, I would imagine. That it caught on, and it became a uh, superstition that, uh, grow, that grew up with the children from the 1900s who uh, experienced that game. So Tiggy Touchwood is one camp, okay. and the others think it's the, the good luck spirits who live in trees. I think in it's the, the Celtic thing. I, I think it seems that more, more appropriate. Rom- more romantic to me, too. Um, by the way, I don't buy the Jesus thing because in Italy, interestingly enough, the same superstition exists, but they say touch iron instead of touching wood. Really? They like to touch iron, hmm. which seems to be harder to find. It'd be hard for something to live in the iron. And also, if I'm looking for good luck, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I got it. Now where do I have to find like a fence somewhere? If I'm sitting at a table or a chair, I got it right there. You just knock on the table. That's a lot or of work. Be fucking, funny. fucking Italians with their iron. Come on. I just want to be difficult. They do. So anyway, that's the, that's the origin, more or less, without a real definitive answer, <laughs> for knocking on wood. There you go, Phil fucking Fetto. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? Uh, it is a Monday. It is September 10th. We're time to take a look at the big calendar here on the Batcave Wall. Find out all the holidays, national and international holidays that people celebrate. We'll take a look at them and say whether we believe or not. Holiday or holiday, please tell me what we celebrate, Ralph Garman. Uh, speaking of holidays, real quick, I want to wish Happy New Year to all our Jewish listeners out there who are celebrating Rosh Hashanah. Uh, today and yesterday were the big two big days Happy of Rosh Hashanah. So uh, there's the uh, high holy days yeah, for our Jewish that's friends. That's the big one, right? Rosh Hashanah, I believe, is Rosh the biggest is the, is holiday the big on their calendar. Yeah, yeah okay. it's the, it was, they get it, they atone and they get a, they get renewed. They get their spirits washed clean, I believe, and then they can get them all dirty <laughs> they again. Get dirty all year. Yeah. Good for you. Um, and again, this is just <laughs> a, a passing general knowledge of Judaism. I don't really know. So if I got anything wrong, just just suck it. Just enough. <laughs> Any idea what year of Judaism we're in? I don't know, but I, I bet know. it goes back there. I'm sure it's a, a bunch. Because I guess they were way, they were way back then. They're way back when. Way back. Way when. back before the AD and the BC. That's right. They've been around a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So ra- happy Rosh Hashanah to all the, our Jewish listeners. Today is also World Suicide Prevention Day. We talked about this earlier in the month because it is also Suicide Prevention Month. But I figured you could never talk about it too much. No, can uh, Around the world. It is uh, estimated by the World Health Organization that an estimated 800,000 people commit suicide every year. That's one every 40 seconds, people. Then it's estimated that another 25 times that amount attempt suicide. So we're talking 4 million people around the world who try to take their own lives. And they're, they're finding also that there is an awful sort of ripple effect that the families and friends of people who commit suicide are more likely to commit suicide themselves than others. I can't even imagine. I mean, it's so devastating. The bereavement alone I can't even imagine. drives them to that. So it's a, a hideous epidemic that is uh, sweeping through not only the United States, but the world, I mean, as I mentioned. Just talk, There's medications. There's there. I mean, just talk to somebody, anybody. There, there is many different answers. Uh, answers and <laughs> I've been on various antidepressants throughout my life. There you go. And they help. 
See? You have to find the right one. The first one you try is not always the one that works, but you got to keep trying, and you'll find the one that makes that balances you out, and you'll get better. Now you're making me feel bad for making fun of you so much. <laughs> now I didn't know you were in all your meds. I've, no, I've been I've, oh, I've been Jesus. in dark places before, and yeah. you you just gotta talk to somebody. All right, find someone and talk to them. But and I can still make get, fun of you though, right? Absolutely. Oh, okay, good. Absolutely. Whew, for a minute there, I thought we weren't going to have a show. <laughs> um, the philosophy from the World Health Organization is connect, communicate, and care. So think of those three C's next time you, you have trouble. Here in the States, I want to give this number out again. You can always reach out on the phone, 1-800-273-TALK. That's 273-8255. And if you just want to text someone, you can text TALK to 741-741 and get somebody immediately, uh, a counselor via text as well. Yeah, so. Just talk. Just get out there and talk. Just even step outside yeah. sometimes helps just to get out of a dark room. Just yeah. step outside. Reach out. Um, again, eliminate all the possibilities. Yeah. Make sure you really uh, you think it through because I know it seems at some times that there is no other answer and that simply is not true. Yeah. And there is a medication out there that works for everybody. They have so many. You'll, yes. You just got to find it and just keep trying until you find it. I agree. All right. It's also National Swap Ideas Day. When you're at work, get everyone together and everyone just swap their ideas, <laughs> which sounds fucking horrible to me because most of the people I've ever worked with in my life have been dumbasses. So how about here? How about Present this for holiday? Included no, or excluded? No, excluded. Uh, how about National Just Listen to Me Day? How about that? <laughs> Do what I say Do day. Do what I say day. That would be better. Equally stupid is this other holiday, National Boss Employee Exchange Day. That sounds terrible. That's when you're supposed to, oh, isn't it fun for a day that the employee gets to take the boss's job and the boss no. takes the employee's job? That sounds like a, a, a recipe for a colossal no, collapse of your company wherever we, you're we, working. People have long-term memories. They remember things, and then you're fucked. And also, there's, a, there's, you know, there's a status in place for a reason. That's how you get shit done. Yeah. We didn't just throw away a day of productivity no. because you because Jim down in accounting is going to be the He's boss be the for the boss, day, and then your boss is going to remember all the stupid shit you've done. Yeah. You can't just give the little flashlight from Men in Black and start your day over <laughs> that, the next day. It. So don't do that one. Today is also National TV Dinner Day. Do you like a good TV dinner? I have like a good hungry man. Yeah, good Swanson. TV dinners TV dinner. uh, were were uh, start, started on this day back in 1953. Was the first TV dinner Salisbury steak. Swanson and Sons was the name of the company. Swanson still cranks yeah, out the frozen dinners. Decent, decent frozen dinner. TV dinner, it was called, to cash in on the new craze in the United States, this crazy box everybody was watching, <laughs> the TV. What if we could take food and take it off the table where parents and children could sit there and talk to each other and whole families Work could, out problems. could exchange communication with each other and really get to know each other? What if we took away that experience and we just sat people down in front yeah, of the television? How can we isolate people more? Um, it was originally planned to make things easier for housewives because instead of cooking a whole meal, yeah. which could take hours, you, you start the oven. Twenty five minutes later, you got a piping hot dinner in four different sections and yeah. a in a scalding aluminum tray that would come out there and burn your flesh. So they had everything. And, going and mashed for potatoes it. that were hot on the outside and ice blocks icy in the on center. the inside. Yes. Here's the thing: in 1962, Swanson stopped using the term TV dinner. Really? They changed the name of their food. What they changed it? Frozen dinner. Oh, frozen dinner. But people still to this day call it a TV dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's some more facts about uh, more more facts about frozen dinners than oh. you'd ever want to know. <laughs> we need those. Originally, 
It was sold for 98 cents. You get a frozen dinner for 98 cents. A whole cents. meal for a 98 meal. cents. That's a steal. The first meal that they offered, they only offered one meal at the time. It was a Thanksgiving-style dinner. It was turkey, turkey and potatoes, and gravy, and all that stuff. Cranberry. They assumed they would sell 5,000 TV dinners the first year. That's what they were estimating. Oh, I bet they sold way more than they that. They sold 10 million <laughs> Oh, TV my God, dinners. really? Yes. That, dude, that dude made a good call. Swanson was very happy Swanson. with the end results. Wow. Uh, 1969, the first TV breakfasts were marketed. That's the first time you could have breakfast meals, like uh, those egg sandwiches. Yeah, and that things seems like that. more appropriate than the dinner because you I need that so. quicker in, hurry, in right? the morning. 1973, that was when your first, uh, your beloved Hungry Man dinner was oh, offered. Hungry Eddie. Man. 1973 hungry was the birthday for Hungry Man. 1986 was the first microwave oven safe trays okay. that we use today. That's the modern day TV dinner. Exactly. And uh, speaking of 1986, that's when the original Swanson TV dinner tray, the old aluminum tray, was taken into the Smithsonian Institute and put on display. Oh, really? It's part, not still aluminum tray now. Part of our national it. culture. No, we don't yeah, use the aluminum that would anymore. That Because then everything would explode. <laughs> so those are your holidays and your holidays. Absolutely celebrating that TV dinner one. That sounds good. I haven't had one of those in a while. It's but you're a right, while. the Salisbury, Salisbury steak. Salisbury steak, man. Those mashed potatoes, Salisbury steak, corn, and then you get like some weird dessert. I don't know what Yeah, dessert didn't come for like years later. Yeah. They didn't put the dessert it in there. It was never a great you dessert. You get a cobbler or Cobbler, something. like apple cobbler or something like that. That would burn the shit out of yeah. your mouth, the apple cobbler. <laughs> well, you just put the ice cold mashed potato in your mouth. The but I like the ice cold mashed potatoes because when you mixed out the, the boiling hot ones on top and it, you mixed all together, all you get up. like a nice warm mashed potato. It even up. Yeah. And you put a little salt on there. I don't know what what they were made of, but they didn't it's taste like salt. any it's other any other mashed potatoes in the world. That's but good. I was a big fan. All right, let's take a look at all the entertainment news with a segment I call The Showbiz Beat. On a Monday, we like to take a look at the top 10 movies at the box office. Get a, get a sense of what people went to see in theaters over the weekend. This blew me away. Did not expect this number. I thought Peppermint would do pretty well with uh, Jennifer Garner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Action-adventure kind of thing usually does well. Boy, was I wrong. Well, I wasn't wrong. I mean, it did okay. It came in third with $13.2 million this weekend. But number one was The Nun. The Nun? Really? Well, it's that time of year, you know? I guess. I mean, it seemed a little early to me to start releasing Halloween-y kind of well, vibed films. All the Halloween stuff is out in stores now. I guess it's true. Plus, that Conjuring franchise yeah, it's is huge just too. a hit. Anyway, I, didn't, I did not expect... $53.5 million dollars this weekend. Wow. Crazy opening weekend for The Nun. Crazy, speaking of crazy, Crazy Rich Asians was still high up there, number two still this Still number week. two? Yeah, it was wow. number uh, one uh, last like three week. Three weeks in a row, Three I weeks think. in a row, yeah. That's crazy. Peppermint, as I mentioned, was number three. Then The Meg was at number four. Searching, the John Cho film at number five. Mission Impossible Fallout was sixth on the list. Disney's Christopher Robin was seventh. Operation Finale at number eight. Alpha? About the robot dog was number nine, and Black Klansman from Spike Lee came in at number ten this weekend. Well, it is official. Les Moonves is out of a job. Yeah, I did not get a chance to read the details on this yet, but I wonder what kind of golden parachute he's getting. I'm I know sure a lot of people lot. are trying to nullify that because they think he shouldn't be rewarded for his behavior. But all those guys, are, all those people up high, they get fu- that fucks up. They get a huge golden parachute um, if you didn't see the story it was in the New Yorker magazine the report was published this week and even more allegations yeah, more stuff of out. sexual assault from six women against Les Moonves who of course is the president of CBS some claims going back to the 80s 
through the early 2000s. One woman, Phyllis Golden Gottlieb, was a former executive who worked with Moonves at the Lorimar Television in the 1980s. She said that he forced her to have oral, perform oral sex on him. Over a work-related issue, he got so angry at her, he threw her against a wall. And then he began to retaliate against her on the job, crippling her career. So she has been upset for some time. In fact, she even lodged a police report recently. But sadly, because it was the statute 80s. Statute of limitations. Statute of limitations. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine what someone goes through who has to deal with sexual assault. And I can imagine your first impulse is to try to put it out of your mind and put it behind you and, and not deal with yeah. it. But it doesn't seem like it ever goes away goes away like you ever get a chance to um, come to terms with it really right i mean i, I guess you do but uh, i mean some people some do, do yeah but i just don't know how you could i mean but fuck. it seems like uh, especially with the statute of limitations thing that it's 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 a situation where you're best served filing a police report as as early, early as, as you, you can. possible can because, i mean that was what in the 80s that happened yeah i mean that's just like that time period it was just but you have to understand, yes, it probably didn't seem like an option to her at the time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It just probably absolutely did not even seem in the realm of possibility she to do She probably that. filed recently because she felt maybe empowered enough to do yeah. so. Oh, but imagine living with that for decades. Again, these are all allegations, so who knows whether it's true or not. But uh, if it is true, to live with that sort of anguish, the emotional and mental anguish over that those incidents for decades, yeah, that has to like, cripple ugh, you, right? Yeah, unless you can compartmentalize it somehow. Ugh. So anyway, if uh, if these uh, if these allegations are indeed true, I wish him nothing but ill will. Speaking of battles, this one was interesting. You know, it's uh, Fashion Week there in New York. Yes, seen the all, pictures. All the events have their big parties, and Harper Bazaar had a big one this weekend. I guess it was Friday night. I guess don't invite Cardi B and Nicki Minaj to the same party as the moral of that story. Cardigan Backyardigan was in the news again. She charged Nicki Minaj's table. Apparently, there's been some bad blood between the two of them. And security got in the way and apparently threw an elbow into Cardi B's head. Did you, you see, see the knot? Yes. looked like a ping pong ball on her eyebrow. That was crazy. She got tagged and they held her back. So she took off her shoe and she threw it at <laughs> Nicki Minaj. It's just madness. Just simply madness. But didn't one of them say something about them being like called out their motherhood or something like that? They're terrible mothers, and that's what Nicki sort of... Minaj apparently has said something about Cardi B being a new mother. Yeah, yes. and then that's what and that's what set was, it off. That's what is going. And this is not going away anytime soon, by the way. Uh, after the fight, Cardi B released this message to Nicki Minaj: "I've let a lot of shit slide. I let you sneak diss me. I let you lie on me." But when you mention my child, you choose to let comments about me as a mother, make comments about my abilities to take care of my daughter. It's when all bets are fucking off. She said, I've worked hard and come too far to let anybody fuck with my success. Bitches talk all that shit in they raps, but in real life, they pussies. <laughs> so it's on. How is that affecting her career, though? I don't understand. Like, I can't say that's going to make her sell less albums. Oh, no, whatever. it's not. Effect- it, do nothing, it will do it, nothing but make her more popular. Do the exact opposite of that. Exactly. And the more, and for both of them, the more yeah. they fight, the more high profile they'll get and the more, more they'll be rewarded. There's no more adults in the so world. So let's not pretend that we all, we want civility anymore because <laughs> insanity equals money. Yeah. That's the problem. Uh, Mac Miller, speaking of the rap world, sad news over the weekend. He passed away at the age of 26, apparently from an overdose. His body was found in the uh, San Fernando Valley, or not too far from me, actually. Yeah, I was right here. part of the traffic jam that it caused. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, tragic news. Even worse is that he went out of his way to say that's not how he wanted to end up. He was in a documentary a few years ago about rap, and he said, I'd rather be the corny white rapper than the drugged-out mess who can't even get out of his house. 
Overdosing is just not cool. You don't go down in history because you overdose. You just die, he said. So, sadly, that's how he went out. Another celebrity passing. Um, this guy was always one of my favorite character actors named Bill Daly. He was a comic actor who broke out in a series called I Dream of Genie. He was, along with Larry Hagman, the two astronauts who were the only people who knew that Genie was actually a real magical genie right. who could do stuff, Barbara Eden's character. He was sort of the wacky sidekick to Larry Hagman. Yeah. And then after that show, he went on to star in all six seasons of the Bob Newhart show, with Bob Newhart playing a very similar character as a wacky airline pilot who was Bob's neighbor, who would always walk through the door and go, oh, hi, Bob. And so much so that hi, Bob became a drinking game. When you watch the old reruns of the, the Bob Newhart show, in college we would play hi, Bob, where you would just get shot glasses of beer and then every time someone said hi, Bob, during the show, you had to do a show. you get shit-faced? No, oh, we'd get hammered. It was the best. <laughs> he was a very funny, funny comic actor. Um, I always appreciated his work more so as I grew older and started to do that kind of stuff myself. Here's a little scene from Newhart. This is uh, Howard Borden, the, the wacky next-door neighbor who's an airline pilot, just walks into the apartment. Bob Newhart's making a sandwich, and this exchange happens. Hi, Bob. Well, I guess I got back okay. What are you <laughs> What are you doing? Oh, bowling. <laughs> no, you're not. No, I'm, I'm making a sandwich, Howard. That sure looks good. I, uh, I would go over to my apartment and make one, but I'm all out of the uh, mayonnaise. And I'm in the bread. Meat. <laughs> what do you have in your refrigerator, Howard? Frost. <laughs> Frost. <laughs> Talented guy. He passed away at the age of 91 over the weekend. And speaking of old sitcoms, last week we were amongst the people who were talking. Who was talking about uh, Dawn Wells, yeah. who played Marianne on Gilligan's yeah. Island. We mentioned the fact that she is going through some hard times, lost all her money in the economic collapse of 2008, doesn't have any family really to help her. She was in the hospital for two months because of an operation that went poorly, and then she broke her knee and is recovering from that, and she's desperately trying to move into an assisted living facility locally here in Southern California, but they wouldn't let her in because she has $180,000 in debt and they wouldn't take her in. So her friend Doug Kirkpatrick started a GoFundMe page and we talked about that last week, yeah. GoFundMe.com slash help Dawn Wells. Well, I, I, I don't want to take all the claim, all the credit. <laughs> I mean, I know that the Ralph Report is an international powerhouse. A lot of... Uh, and I know we can motivate people to do a great many things. And we did mention it. So I'm not saying it's absolutely the reason. We shut down Build-A-Bear. So. <laughs> we did. We closed down Build-A-Bear. Um, so far, the last time I looked at the GoFundMe page, they're trying to raise $180,000 towards their goal. They've, they have raised $178,000. Awesome. They're only $2,000 away from reaching the goal. That's great. But she already has enough money and has offset enough debt that the assisted living uh, facility has welcomed her in and she will be That's moving good. in this week there's some good stuff in the world so uh fans stepped up in a big way fans of the gilligan's island show stepped up and threw their a couple bucks here and there and enough people do that you can really change someone's That's life great, so man. i was happy to see that for her all right let's take a look at today's celebrity birthday september 10th these stars born on this day philip baker hall very talented actor from magnolia and other films he is 87 years old today Jose Feliciano is 73. You know Jose Feliciano? No, who's that? He is, uh, he's a blind Latino singer, uh, flamenco guitar player. He did the theme song for Chico and the Man, the okay. old sitcom. Okay. 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 But he's probably best known at one particular time of the year for this song. Feliz Navidad. 
Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad Prospero año y felicidad He actually does that. I, he, I was I was driving one one Christmas time. I was maybe like 15 years ago, and the radio station. I don't know if it was 95 KLO, some KLOS or whatever radio station was. They played it on a loop over and that over that song again? for like eight straight hours. And I don't know if someone fell asleep in the booth because <laughs> I'd have to die. I called my wife. I was like, "Listen to KLO, listen to the station right now." They're I think they're still playing it. And then I That's all day long they played that over and over again. It's a great one. It's one of the great Christmas songs. It's one of the few Christmas songs I haven't had an ass full. I'm at the age now where I've heard enough Christmas music in my life <laughs> that I can hear it once around the time of the season, and then about twelve times in, I'm like, "If I don't, if I hear this goddamn song one more time." But uh, Jose Feliciano, I like that one. Seventy three years old today. Actress Amy Irving is sixty five. Uh, very talented actress. At one time, she was Mrs. Steven Spielberg. She is sixty five. Singer Danny Hutton of a band called Three Dog Night, which was very popular. Yeah, Jeremiah with the Bullfrog. Yes, late 60s, early 70s. They had a bunch of hits. Uh, Danny was 76 years old today. Three Dog Night was interesting because they had three lead singers. Each of them would take turns singing lead. Oh, really? And interestingly enough, they've had three number one hit songs in the 70s, and each of the songs had a different lead <laughs> really? singer on it. That's yeah. cool. Danny's was a song called White, uh, Black and White. It was a, a thinly veiled anthem to uh, combat racism. Yeah, I guess it's, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty much out there. It's not veiled at all, really. <laughs> uh, directors Chris Columbus celebrate a birthday today, and Guy Ritchie. Chris Columbus is uh, six, 60 years old today. Director Guy Ritchie is 50. Guitarist Joe Perry of Aerosmith is 68 years old today. Joe Perry, one of the great rock and roll guitarists. You know how you tell a great guitarist, in my opinion, great rock guitarist, is they create intros to songs that are as indelible as the songs themselves. That was how hated they are by the rest of the band. <laughs> that's true. That's that is tell. also true. But when you think about like uh, Satisfaction yeah. with Keith Richards, bah, 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 that intro is as yeah. distinctive as the entire song. I feel the same way about Joe Perry every time I hear this song. Right? That intro yeah. comes on, so, you know exactly yeah. what you're getting. Run DMC. Yeah. Oh, come on. Right? <laughs> no. Joe Perry of Aerosmith is 68 years old today. Actor Colin Firth is 58 years old. One of the few actors my wife and I both agree on. Oh. We both think he's dreamy. They bring the, he brings the house together? He does. <laughs> uh, she likes him for all his romantic... Uh, what's the... Uh, the uh, Bridget Jones. The Bridget, Bridget Jones, Jones movies. I like him for Kingsman and all oh, those cool great. things he does. He's so good. King's King. Speech, remember that? When yes. he played the king who couldn't just... So good. And he was in that one, was the one Love Actually? Yes. Yeah, he was great in that one, too. We both love that one. Jonathan Sheik. I think I'm saying that right. Jonathan Sheik, I believe is how you pronounce it. I don't know. He's a good actor. He's in That Thing You Do. Plays Jimmy, plays the lead, the asshole who leads the band. Oh, yeah. He's also Jonah Hex in the CW's Legends of Tomorrow series. He is 49 years old. Ryan Philippi. 
very talented actor, and maybe the second most famous Eagles fan in the world. That's all I'm saying. He's 44 Mark, years Mark old. Mark Wahlberg's the most? Stop it. Oh. Mark, Mark Wahlberg? Because he's in that Eagles movie, right? Yes, but he's a diehard I know Patriots he's a Patriots fan. fan. I know that, everybody. Well, you can't fuck around. I know Eddie. I've lost all benefit of doubt. You I have, understand that. You, that stuff happens, <laughs> and then we all have to pay the price. I, I got to start reading emails for the next week. <laughs> And lastly, Siobhan Fahey of Bananarama is 60 years old today. I loved Bananarama. If you didn't know Bananarama, they were an 80s band. They were the Spice Girls before the Spice Girls. There were only three of them, but damn, I had a crush on each of them. And Siobhan uh, Fahey taught me how to pronounce Siobhan, the Irish name Siobhan, which when you read it, it looks, looks like, like Siobhan. 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 It's like, who is Siobhan Fahey? Siobhan. Siobhan is how you pronounce it. Here's a little something from Bananarama. Uh, that's it. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. Next up is my conversation with a gentleman named Jonathan Grant. He's a friend of mine, and uh, we bonded over an event that he put together last year called Adam West Day. It takes place in Walla Walla, Washington, the hometown of Adam West, and it takes place on his birthday, September 19th. I was there last year for the first one. Of course, it was a tribute to Adam after his passing. I can't believe he's been gone for a year and a half. He passed away in June of last year and we all got together and celebrated his birthday on September 19th in his hometown. It was an amazing event, so great that they're going to do it again this year. Here's my conversation talking about Adam West Day with Jonathan Grant. Jonathan Grant from Walla Walla, Washington. What a pleasure to talk to you again, sir. A pleasure as well, Ralph. Greetings from Walla Walla. It is that time of year again. We're coming up on the second annual Adam West Day, and we were talking earlier, and I was letting you know how how disappointed I am I won't be able to attend this year. Well, Ralph, we know that you wanted to be here, but listen, we're very happy for your success. We completely understand, and uh, and we know that you'll definitely be here in spirit. And and uh, but uh, yeah, we completely we completely get it. Well, for next year, we'll shoot for. Absolutely, I'm not going to miss it next year for sure. It is the awesome. 19th of September. Of course, that's Adam West's birthday, and you guys do an amazing job of celebrating his legacy, not only as an entertainer. We all loved him as Batman and as the mayor of Family Guy, but also as a beloved uh, husband and father and just citizen of Walla Walla. What do you have planned this year? You know, Ralph, we're so excited, and it was such an honor to have you with the family last year, of course. And, uh, you know, Last year was something that uh, we'll never forget. It was so, so special. Um, but this year, it's going to be so incredible. Uh, I can't believe second annual already. And a couple things I'm excited to let your uh, listeners know about, Ralph, and you as well, is we're going to be having a huge, big Adam West exhibit over at the Kirkman House Museum. And we're really going to be focusing on, of course, Adam the man. And, and as you know best, uh, just an amazing man that he was. And We've got some really rare photographs. We've got his director's chair and kind of really everything that he was growing up in Walla Walla. So it's going to be really, really exciting. That's great. Um, and that's something. And then we're also going to be having a, uh, a, a big encore presentation of the, the documentary we showed last year, of course, starring Adam West, which was beautifully done by Chromatic Films and James, of course, uh, that, that we all love and know, uh, over at the Powerhouse Theater. Um, and we've got an amazing local musician by the name of Daniel Mentier, who actually wrote a song all about Adam, and he just really wrote it from his heart. The lyrics are really special and, and focusing on um, Adam and his 
his boyhood home and, and growing up in Walla Walla. And of course, his, his uh, uh, journey through, uh, through Hollywood and, and his family. It's just a real special, special song. And he's going to unveil that for the first time uh, here in Walla Walla on September 19th. Um, we've got some other amazing things going on. Uh, of course, we've got a lot of the Batman stuff, including the Batcopter and the Batmobile will be here. Um, uh, but we're also very excited, Ross, to let your listeners know that we're going to be unveiling the final statue design uh, by our friend and an amazing artist, Ruben Procopio, uh, of Adam's statue. And this has been finally approved by the family. And Ruben's been working very hard on this for the past year. And we're going to be unveiling that on September 19th. And from there, we're going to turn it over to the city. And uh, we're going to be raising funds shortly thereafter to have it uh, you know, put up uh, here somewhere in Walla Walla. Now, we have talked about the statue before here on the show. What's the status in terms of getting the statue and and also the park? You know, the statue, uh, as I've mentioned to your listeners before, uh, here in, in not only this city, but many cities, they have certain codes you've got to follow and policies and procedures. And right. uh, it's no different right here in Walla Walla. So what we've done is we've been working closely with the city and also the Parks Department of Parks Commission. Uh, so they wanted a, a family-approved design. We've got that for them. And then at this point, um, they're going to be presenting that in front of the uh, newly founded Art Commission. Um, and the Art Commission will be voting on that. And, of course, our goal, Ralph, is to have this all you know, privately funded so uh, they don't have to worry about paying for a dime of it. And, uh, and once we get the funds, then they're going to give us a couple options and areas of, of where to place the statue. And, and we're going to give them our input. But... Uh, you know, we're, we're going to do whatever it takes as long as it takes. But I promise you this, Ralph, and your listeners and all fans of Adam West, there will be an Adam West statue standing here in Walla Walla. I promise you that. Well, when you when it comes time to start raising money, you get you reach out to me because the process that we went through to get Adam Starr and the Hollywood Walk of Fame, that was a, an expensive proposition as well. And the fans just showed up in a big way. So I'd love to be able to help spearhead that for you. I so appreciate that, Ralph, and we're going to need uh, all the help we can get, but, uh, but we're very, very excited, and the family is, is uh, very excited about, uh, about that coming up. And, and so there's going to be a lot of different things. Uh, you know, of course, we'll be lighting the bat signal as well, too, uh, on the Marcus Whitman Hotel, but, but we really want to focus, as you know and, and I know is important to me, uh, as well as you, Ralph, is that we want to focus on Adam the man and, and you know, 50 over 50 years of film and television and radio and theater. And, you know, and of course he was an incredible beloved Batman, but he was so much more. Um, and so we really want to focus on the man behind the mask. And that's what Adam West day is all about. And that's why it's so great to have it in Walla Walla, his, his boyhood home and his, his hometown, because you're able to look back and, and, and talk about all the, all the stuff that he was not just Batman and not just the Mariko hog and family guy, but also, as I mentioned before, a great friend, a great father, a great husband. And you guys did such a great job last year, John. It really was touching. And I'm, I'm, I, I wish you the best. I'm sorry I can't be there, but it sounds like it's going to be a great event. Well, Ralph, we completely understand. And we're definitely shoot for next year. It's going to be an annual event. But, uh, but you know what? We just want to, again, to show the world and, and Adam's family, you know, how much that you know, we love him and we'll always love him and how proud we've always been of, of, of the man and what he stood for. Um, and he was just that an, an amazing man um, and an actor as well. But uh, we're so proud to, to partake in this amazing event uh, and we're excited to see the family back this year too well anybody who's listening members of the garmy if you're up there in the northwest and uh, you're anywhere near walla walla try to get there on the 19th because it really is a terrific day it's a great celebration from early in the morning all the way to late at night and we had a great time last year and i'm sure this year will be no different it's gonna be incredible and they can check out all the itinerary and all the information on adamwestday.com that's adamwestday.com and 
Ralph, we so appreciate all your support. Yeah, you're amazing and continued success. Thank you, John. I'll talk to you soon. Take care, Ralph. Thank you so much. So I hope everybody can get out to Adam West Day there in Walla Walla, Washington on the 19th of September. That's it for today's show. Tomorrow, we got a good one. I'll be talking to Kyle Brandt from the NFL Network. We'll talk about football. We'll also talk about how I quit smoking and how you can too. And also, what is ASMR? Are you familiar with ASMR? ASMR, no. You're going to find this fascinating. I promise okay. you, Eddie. We're going to okay. have a good, good chat about it tomorrow. All that and much, much more. Come on back to tomorrow's show because I love you and I mean it. Bye. LMB does not mean <laughs> lick my balls. <laughs> <laughs>